Team. The crew unveil a stunning new card ladder feature. Then they discuss the pains of collecting an active player. Ooh, all this and more right now at SAC. Welcome to episode 25 of Sports Cards Culture. My name is Chris. Instagram, Chris underscore HOJ. Here with Josh at Cardboard underscore, underscore Chronicles. Christina, Christina's PC. And Nick Stiffarm Wax. All right, lots to cover today. First up, let's talk about one of the new card lighter features multiple collections. By the time this episode airs, you will have already heard about this new feature, which is the ability of users to add multiple collections in card lighter. So let me bring in Josh to help break this down. Josh, first of all, what does it mean? that card ladder users can now create multiple collections. Well, on the collections tab right now, uh, you'll notice that we show uh, just one collection at a time. So if you're browsing the app and you wanna add something to your collection, it just adds it to the collection, right? You just have this concept of a single collection. Now, if you head over to the collection page in the place where it shows the title of your collection, there'll be a little drop down, and there's now an option to add a new collection. So you can now separate your collection uh, feature into multiple sub collections uh, so lots of great usages there which we'll get into but very easy to use and get to and hopefully everyone can discover this you know while they're using the app and then while you're adding a card and you're browsing other parts of the app and you go to add a card to your collection you'll see a drop down to pick which one you want to add it to which is very helpful excellent and what was the impetus for creating this feature and adding it to card ladder uh, customers wanted it we uh, I wasn't super big on the on the idea because you know personally I I didn't see the need to have multiple I just thought you could manage it in one but uh, you know after talking to a lot of customers and, and people came up with really good use cases which I hadn't thought of which was great and so you know my favorite thing as a product developer software developer is to listen to customers and whatever they want you know we gotta we gotta listen to our customers and so we, we heard from enough people here that this was you know the next priority voices will be heard guys thank you for the great suggestions josh and team did a great job building it christina yes some collectors have mentioned that it could be fun to create an extra collection in card ladder using Mm -hmm. this new feature as a way to practice investing in sports cards so for example a user could allocate ten thousand fictitious monopoly dollars across cards that are in card ladders database and then track the performance of those investments over three months, six months, a year, whatever. What do you think about that idea? Are you going to be cracking out any uh, fictitious hypothetical collections and, and test your investment metal? I don't know. Are Chris and Josh going to give me time to do something like that and play around in the app and not no. work? Okay. No. Um, <laughs> I won't, but I will be talking to customers who will. And I know that we have a lot of members who have great ideas for how to use this. And I can't wait to see what they come up with and hear their feedback. What about a competition? I personally have <laughs> totally uh, wanted a way to compete for our members to compete against each other. Kind of like a fantasy football, but like ladder bucks where like you have $10,000 and you create a, a collection and then we have a competition where potentially you could win prizes for having the best results. I love the idea of this, this competition because when we only had one collection, you'll, you know, it's only for your collection, your real collection. You don't want to waste it you know, on a fictitious one. Now that you have multiple, 
you know, right now we, we have it capped at three, but we can we can expand that based on usage and see how it goes. But you got one for uh, the other idea, obviously, is like one for PC, one for flipping or investing or whatever. Like you kind of want to separate those out because I you know personally for myself, that's a, I might use it just for that because you know stuff that's locked up, my grails or whatever. You could have one for grails and one for low end. You know, you could maybe separate it that way. There might be something for. You might have one that you want to track for like insurance or tax purposes that you want to be able to export separately that your accountant said like, hey, these need to be tracked separately, something like that. But I love having the idea of saving that third one for this this competition that you guys just came up with. I love this idea because it's like take 10,000 fictitious dollars and you buy are you you know you buy $10,000 worth of cards in card ladder and then we track it after a month and see oh, that's such a good idea because it's just it would just work so well. It would be automated. I could just run a little thing to see who had the most based on their entry and you have to like name your collection a certain way so that i can see it or something okay well perhaps that sounds seed awesome has been planted here okay perhaps great. by the time this comes out and everyone tells us they want to do this uh we will put some rules in place and launch a competition all right for our ladder members moving on coming up next on sports cards culture the pains of collecting an active player <laughs> Imagine everything you love about the hobby in the palm of your hand. An entire store at your fingertips. Everything you need to know about cards is within your grasp. Unlock the secrets of the hobby. Plus, so much more. You don't have to imagine anymore. It's here. Card Ladder. Get the app today. Watching SCC Sports Cards Culture. Keep up with the crew and follow them on all the socials. Plus, join Josh and Chris and sometimes special guest Christina every Friday night on Instagram Live. The crossover. Let's talk about the topic of the day in this household and probably many others. <laughs> the pains of collecting an active player. So today, the Dallas Mavericks were eliminated from the playoffs after a grueling roller coaster ride of a seven-game series. Also, last week, the Los Angeles Lakers were knocked out. For Christine and I, that means no more watching Luka competing in the NBA for probably four months until until the start of next season. Although we probably will get to watch him compete for Team Slovenia this summer, a small consolation, no doubt. And for Josh, that probably means no more watching LeBron for the same amount of time, although he will be able to watch LeBron compete with the Toon Squad in Space Jam 2. Christina, <laughs> let me start with you. Yeah. Collecting is supposed to be fun. Supposed to be. Sports fandom is supposed to be fun. <laughs> supposed to be. And when things are going well and your team is winning. It's great. But at some point, expectations are bound to be disappointed and... 
and we will be let down. It is inevitable. It's an inevitable part of the sports experience. No one is immune from it. I'm not looking for you to give advice here, but just, just explain to all the collectors out there, new and established, what is it like to have collected and rooted for a player and a team for, sev- for several years now and then ultimately see them come up short today? It's not fun. Uh, I mean, I was I was pretty down in the in the. Uh, Christina went and took a four hour nap immediately after the game. I did, yeah. I took a depressed nap. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what you said exactly, but like you you like had a little sassy comment as you got up and walked out of the room. And I, was I usually like, do. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Christina was not pleased with the outcome of that game. But anyway, go on. Yeah. No. It just. It's disappointing, right? Um, it's not like I played on the team. I was a couch spectator. Um, a couch tater. A couch tater. Uh, it <laughs> had nothing to do with me. I mean, I was just, you know, it's you got to just pull yourself up and brush yourself off and say, we'll get them next year and move on with your life. Your PC player, Josh, is in a special category. LeBron is still competing at the highest level, remains a perennial title contender. But he also has 18 years of NBA greatness already logged in the record books. Still, it surely brings a lot of joy watching him add to his legacy each season. And conversely, I expect it was not pleasant to see the Lakers season end prematurely. What has it been like to follow and collect LeBron James in this NBA season? Well, my, my expectation of him is is slowly like uh you know going down over time just because you know I'm, I'm realistic in that he's getting older and like the injury stuff and just the team didn't gel this year so I, I didn't have super high expectations going into this year the problem for me is just that everyone else gives these crazy expectations for every player not just LeBron like you guys probably get the same thing where like it's either championship or bust and you know when you lose your your player gets your player gets treated a certain way on the internet you know whether you whether they deserve it or not there's going to be someone out there that just flames the player no matter what and LeBron definitely gets his fair share probably probably more than most that's that's the hard part for me is just like reading people hate on them and it's really hard because uh you know my expectation is different and so I also feel for you Christina because I know how Chris is when his team loses he's way too pragmatic about it and what after my team loses I just want to be an annoying like complainer and just like let me complain and I can see Chris being like oh but you know the percentages didn't line up and the matchups <laughs> yeah. and it's like no and then he's like we lost yeah and then he's like well you know he tied Wilt for like all-time scoring uh right. in a like a playoff game so like he's still an amazing player and I'm like no man, like the Mavericks, freaking Tim Hardaway and Porzingis, and we got Josh Richardson not doing anything, and I'm just like going off. <laughs> yes, you did. All right, Christina. Yeah. Given the current state of the market, if we were to partition our collection, our basketball card collection, according to value, it's probably sixty to seventy percent MJ and thirty to forty percent Luca. On days like today, when I must resign myself to the fact that the Mavericks have been knocked out of the playoffs and things feel gloomy around their future right now, and we won't get to watch Luka begin his fourth season for four months, I'm even more grateful than usual that we collect Michael Jordan as well. And all the uncertainties surrounding Luka are not present with MJ, whose legacy is forever solidified and whose cards only become more coveted as the years roll by. Correct. So my question is, does collecting Michael Jordan as well bring you any solace on a day like today? 
I mean, definitely, right? Like, knowing that we have the GOAT and he's our main PC definitely brings you solace because you also have to look at him as an exemplar of what a basketball player is. And when you do that, you see that Luca's not far off. Josh, what do you think about the value of balance in collecting? Collecting across eras, collecting active as well as retired, even collecting players and teams across different sports. You collect LeBron, Anthony Hardaway, football wide receivers, among other uh, categories you collect. Does this approach help keep things in perspective? Is there is there anything to be said about balance in the PC? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of things that I can balance out. Uh, the, the first one is what you guys are talking about, where you have uh, a, a retired player where you don't have the risks of maybe the, some of the financial ups and downs of it or the emotional ups and downs of, you know, being so emotionally tied into that player's current status and, the, you know, their attachment to the cards. Whereas Jordan, you're just, it's purely with, with the cards at this point, right? You're just, you're chasing the cards. So it's good in that sense. The other is having a balance of different types of active players like now that lebron is out i can focus on some of my football receiver collections and start looking forward to the season and i collect julio jones and he just got traded today so i'm frantically scouring through ebay for people that are trying to capitalize on that like a lot of, you know it's like don't buy after the news but as a collector of trying to find rare things this is my only chance to find rare cards that come out you know come out of the woodwork so i have to jump on those opportunities um and then the other thing is just, you know, like I said, the financial balance of it, you know, trying to mitigate your risk across different types of players. Like you're, you're getting the upside of Luca, uh, but there's obviously going to be some downside here in this, in the next you know week or so, just based on what's happening. And you'll get the, the risk mitigated and moved over to, um, or sorry, like re- reduced by having a lot of your stuff in Jordan. So I think all of those things are good for balance. Great points. All right. Final segment for today. Calling this Hot Pockets in the Hobby. Jackie Robinson is first up. So if you scroll the index of players on Card Ladder, you're going to see a lot of red, which represents that over the last week and over the last month, many players' card values are trending down, but not all of them. This weekend, uh, the 1955 Tops Jackie Robinson PSA 7 set an all-time high when it sold for a touch over 5200 with golden auctions. It's up 42% since March, which is unusual because many cards have come down quite a bit from their early March peak. Contrast that card against, for example, the 1995 finest Kevin Garnett base without coating, PSA 10, which is down 72% since early March, or the 1988 Topps Bo Jackson PSA 10, which is down 33% over the last three months. You can see why it is worth paying attention to cards like the 55 Topps Jackie Robinson, which are bucking the trend. Now, looking at Jackie's player index, I can see that Card Ladder currently tracks 46 Jackie Robinson cards for an aggregate market cap of $131 million. To put that into perspective, Card Ladder tracks 194 Kevin Durant cards, but their market cap is only $82 million. Jackie Robinson has less than 25% of the amount of cards that Kevin Durant does in the Card Ladder database. But Jackie Robinson's cards have a market cap that is substantially higher. So those Robinson cards represent a serious amount of cash. The most valuable one in Card Ladder's database is the 1948 Leaf Jackie Robinson PSA 9, which carries a predicted value of $1.3 million. It last sold publicly for $336,000 in 2018. 
Josh, why do you think cards like the 55 Tops Jackie Robinson are faring well right now, given that other pockets of the market have been trending down? Because I think that that's I think that Jackie Robinson vintage baseball is is uh, seen as and I think it's right one of the safest things you can do in the hobby and right now because people are losing money on stuff maybe they're selling and just kind of getting out of it and they're thinking well I want to reinvest but I want to reinvest in things that are safe safer you know I'm not I'm not a fan of this losing money concept I'm not used to this in sports cards what do I do and they're like what's the safest thing possible and Jackie Robinson to me he kind of seems like one of the safest things you could possibly do it's an older card uh, he was a great on-field player but more importantly, he he's probably one of the most important single athletes in sports history. If you know, if you think about what he did and what it means to the sport and everything that it comes along with it, uh, it's about as safe as it gets for you know an investment or whatever in sports cards. And I think those are some cool looking cards, man. Like Jackie Robinson has really sweet cards, and uh, I'm I'm excited to hear something like that. You know, it's like we hear about the you know young rookies blowing up in value all the time but it's, it's kind of cool to go back and see you know other most players are struggling but it's a legend like that and it's something that's safer you know maybe a little bit more quote-unquote boring in the in the investor crypto world or whatever that we're in today uh, i think it's great hey, there's an appetite for boring uh right now i think i that's why i, I like that that concept uh the, the appetite for the roller coaster ride is diminishing by the day as uh we all realize that roller coasters have ups and they have downs but the boring good old good old reliable looks very appealing at moments like this especially since roller coasters eventually you just get to where you started from and the ride ends and the adrenaline wears off wow there you go. All right. That will do it for episode 25 of Sports Cards Culture. See you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC Sports Cards Culture.